it's Jesse Goss here, and I'm just dropping in to say if you're wanting to help my ministry to leave a review and rate my podcast on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And this just tells the algorithm that you like what I have to say, and it pushes it up so more people hear what I have to say. I appreciate all of you. I appreciate your prayers. And now for today's installment. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10, 9. Hi, Sai, and welcome to the My Burning Heart podcast, where I discuss topics of the culture and the church and filter it through God's word. And I am Jesse Goss, your host or hostess. I'm so excited to discuss this topic today because I don't believe we discuss it enough. And that doesn't you know, like it doesn't do any harm being reminded over and over again. And as I have grown in my faith, I have navigated this topic because of all the mess the heretical churches have spread, you know? So being drawn to the experience-based churches myself, like Hillsong, Bethel, and Elevation, and there's so many more, but there are a few I fairly recently came out of following, and I found myself sort of lost on what the gospel was. And because of Christmas, I wanted to record this to remind us the reason for the season and what better way than to talk about the gospel, the end game of Jesus. And it's not even the end game, but on earth as a human, Jesus's end game. And I, I really do love the gospel and why not talk about it? So again, as I was growing you know, in my own faith, I used to ask myself questions. Was I truly saved? Was I spirit filled? You know, air quotes, am I spirit filled? Am I super cool enough to have the Holy spirit flowing through my veins? Can I shoot lightning out of my hands? I don't know. Sorry. I can't help myself, but I would ask myself those questions. You know, who is Jesus? I asked myself that too. I still ask that. I want to know God. I have this as like innate, crazy, desire. I want to know who Jesus is. Who is Jesus? So I'm very bothered by the amount of individuals adding to the gospel. I am bothered by the amount of individuals who are deconstructing their faith or leaving the faith altogether. I believe this has to do a lot with cultural, air quotes, cultural Christianity. The church is swaying with the flow of the culture. And you know, the air quotes again, woke church, and people are not hearing the gospel, not being able to be awesome enough with enough superpowers and then walk away. So people are trying so hard with being taught all these different things. You don't know Jesus as much as I do. And it's this unobtainable, not real kind of stuff that people are like the gifts of the spirit are real, but the way that these churches are portraying it is not real and it's unobtainable and it's super deceptive and attractive at the same time, because we love our sin. We love to sin. We love our feelings and emotions and God gave us emotions and feelings, but we need to stick to truth and what we know that the God's, that God's word says. And that's very important. So I was listening to a Billy Graham sermon and man, 
Um, <laughs> we need that today. And I know there's some things that we should be cautious about all teachers. I've heard things about Billy Graham, but there is a certain aspect of Billy Graham in this sermon from like, I was listening to a sermon from like 1971 or something. And what he was talking about is still super relevant because the world is the same sinful world. And I'll link it below, but again, with anybody that I link, you know, I'm, I'm still super untrusting of all the people, like their people are still men. I, I don't believe that we should just blindly follow everybody. And there's some things that I've seen pop up about Billy Graham. I went to the Billy Graham crusade when I was a kid, but still just as a disclaimer, just please be careful, always guard your heart and always go to God's word when you're listening to anybody, even if I share it and you trust me, like still, because that's what I do when I listen to these people, <laughs> I am always have my Bible open and I'm saying, what did that verse say? Make sure I read it in context and make sure it means what it means that they're saying, which is the whole point of sermons. Why do you think pastors say, please turn your Bibles to this page? So just as a side note disclaimer. Yeah. So I was listening to Billy Graham and he was talking about who Jesus is. And it was the simple gospel, which is why I liked it so much because it was so refreshing hearing somebody share the gospel as simple because it is, it's so simple Now, Why do you think God says have faith as, you know, have faith like children? I mean, it's to where anybody can understand. It doesn't matter your walk of life. It doesn't matter where you come from. It's, it's easy to understand. Um, but it has to be presented as that way in the way that it should. And it was very convicting for me because I'm like, why am I trying to complicate things again? You know? So on a side note, you know, another side note, sorry, sometimes there's many of these. <laughs> this is why I am so picky about the worship music I listen to. And I mean, this can go in hand with the gospel because many of the mainstream worship songs are absolutely annoying to me and air quotes me focused. And like I said before, experience-based. So pulling at our emotions and our heartstrings, propagating an emotional or spiritual experience, which is what the pagans do. I don't know if you've noticed, but the pagans do that. There's the whole enlightenment movement, all these people trying to be enlightened and find themselves and have some spiritual experience to validate that they've reached some spiritual plane. And that's what the pagans do. That is what unbelievers do. And we are not called to be that way. I'm not saying you can't get emotional about the Bible. I'm not saying you can't get emotional in worship and that, you know, you just cry out to God and you just feel the God of love so heavy in your heart because I have too. Um, but I'm talking about those who are seeking like something to happen in service besides just the simple act of just glorifying and worshiping God for who he is and not focusing so much on ourselves. And back in the day, you know, a little over three years ago, I would be blasting Bethel and Hillsong and maybe you did or still do. I want to do a full podcast on this, but just for the record, they teach a different Jesus. And if you agree with me and are listening to these worship songs, just know you give them royalties. I know this is another disclaimer, but this has to be said. I can't, I have to over explain so you understand where I'm coming from. And you can hear the love in my voice. If you're watching on video, you can see what I mean. You're not thinking that I'm just talking out of my butt or something. So this gives them royalties. So even if you don't fully agree with Bethel or Hillsong or Elevation Worship or all those other places, you're giving them royalties. So they push it really hard because every single time you even click on their song, they get money for that. So I just want you to know that. 
and also when you're playing them in your churches, you are giving these churches money and probably confusing your people because they hear a song, research it, then start following these people associated with the music, the teachers like Bill Johnson, Chris Vallotton, and the I am God guy, Furtick, Furtick, Stephen Furtick, sorry, forgot his name for a second. <laughs> so you start following all these people and you're sharing their music and then it's just a rabbit trail because some people do research and they want to know where things come from. So you could be really harming people. Bad theology hurts people. And I did not coin that term, but I love it. And, you know, it's just something to look into. I will do a podcast later on that, but their music is not gospel centered. And even if, you know, some seems sound, you're still financially supporting their ministries, meaning their songs. So even if some of their songs sound slightly sound and they're like, okay, or they're just barely passing, you're still financially supporting their ministries like the Sozo, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, 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 you know, school to learn how to be a prophet, i.e. a false prophet school and other ministries like that. And I'm absolutely not hateful towards these people. Like, I want you to know my heart. I don't hate these people. Um, I care about their souls. I care about the depiction of Christ of the Bible. I, the gospel hundred percent matters. And if we don't know the gospel, how can we be saved? Of course, God can bring anyone he wants unto himself but we must understand the fullness of the gospel. It is so simple and beautiful. And these movements harm and beat up and bloody again, I guess, I don't know what I'm saying, but all I know is that they just beat it up and they make it ugly and unobtainable and hard. And they put works and they put like cinder blocks on these people's backs when it comes to the gospel. You're not enlightened or spiritual like I am because I talk to God audibly every day. And these are just false teachers. So avoid them, mark them, avoid them. That is what the Bible calls us to do. So going back, <laughs> I had to like rabbit trail myself back to what we're talking about because it is beautiful and calm. Like I just, I love the gospel, but it's just, I get fired up about that stuff. So going back to the simple gospel, we should always be reminded of the simple gospel. Many churches today require more than just Jesus. They require Jesus plus something else, which is what I just talked about is the Jesus plus something. So now you have Jesus, but, and there's no, but in salvation, <laughs> we're called to share the gospel, to love one another. The Bible clearly like spells us out. And with these movements, it's not that it's Jesus plus something else. It's not, it, and I, something else could be other, like it could be literally anything. I think my friend Leah says that over at take me to eternity, her podcast, check it out, but it's Jesus plus other Jesus plus something else. So it can be difficult to navigate through everything. And let us remember that God's word is the revelation of Christ himself. The whole Bible points to Jesus. It doesn't point to you finding yourself or your spiritual enlightenment. It leads to Christ and your salvation from hell, eternity, eternal separation from God. It has nothing to do about those things. It teaches us how to live. It's for correction. And I don't have this written down, so I'm going on a rabbit trail. So I'm going to stick to the point, y'all, because I will just keep going and going on my rants. I will keep going. <laughs> but it is. It's easy to navigate through everything. And let us remember. Let us just remember that, though. The revelation of Christ himself from Genesis to Revelation is about Jesus. And we need to remember that. And the types and shadows of Christ found from Genesis 
on like all over the place. I mean, there's types and shadows like of just depictions of Jesus all throughout the Old Testament too. That's why I always want to refer you back to God's word. Let's just keep it simple. (laughs) Go to God's word and read the Bible. And again, these churches that share this false gospel, they try and read themselves into the word like you are David slay your Goliath. That's a big one. There's a lot of just not biblical things that they teach and you just need to go to God's word or find someone who, I mean, definitely go to God's word and find somebody who teaches the Bible exegetically, if that's a word, but they exegete the scripture, which means they read the con in its context and who are they talking to? What's the context of this? and not read yourself into it. I love John one, one to two in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So Jesus is the word of God. And also Jesus is truth. In John 14, six, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. So if we want truth uncontaminated by the ever-changing culture, We must hold the Bible as our literal book of truth because it is. That is why we call it that. Read it prayerfully with the guidance and teaching of the Holy Spirit and not read ourselves into the meaning of scripture, but read it for what it is, the revelation of Christ, the good news of our eternal salvation. And Romans 5, 7 to 9 says, for one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us since therefore we have now been justified by his blood much more. Shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God? Romans five, seven through nine and absent of the blood of Christ acceptance of salvation through Christ's blood. We are under the wrath of God. So absent of salvation, we're under God's wrath. So those who are unbelievers are under the wrath of God. And, you know, even more beautiful is if we continue on, I'm, I don't have any other word, but beautiful for salvation, why it's so awesome. Like what could be more beautiful than God of the universe dying for me? And I think about that. Like I look at the stars at night and here in Okinawa, you can see the sky on the beach is huge. It looks like I'm sitting in a planetarium. It kind of gets disorienting at times because you're looking at the sky and it's so big and you can see the ocean is just so beautiful. And I see Venus, Jupiter, and Saturn, the moon and Neptune. They say you can't see Neptune with the naked eye, but there I can, I have seen it with my little star walk app. It said it was Neptune. Okay. But (laughs) sorry, but when I'm standing on the beach and I'm looking up at the sky and I'm seeing God's creation. And I, I think to myself, God made that. And I am this tiny little speck on earth, but to God, I am not a tiny speck. He loved me so much that he sent his son to die for me. So I could spend eternity in heaven with him. And I want you to think of that too. How awesome is our God? Like if we just stop and look at nature as God's creation, not worshiping nature, but our creator made that and the beauty of it and the intricacies and the like the complex systems and all these things that has order to it. And I just find myself sitting there and just thinking to myself, like, I just literally cannot believe how awesome God is, you know, like, I mean, I can believe it, but through God's creation, we just see his mightiness and his glory and his 
bigness. It's just really awesome. So I don't have any other word, but beautiful. What could be more beautiful than the God of the universe dying for me? And then Romans 5, 10 through 11 says, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life? More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. We're back at the table with God. You know, we're reconciled to God, washed clean of our sin. And I've referenced this song by Sovereign Grace, Jesus, Thank You, before, but it's one of my favorite songs. Once your enemy, now seated at your table, Jesus, thank you. Such a great song on the gospel and the reconciliation that salvation gives us with our mighty, our holy, our creator, you know? And personally, God has been blasting me and humbling me to where I am on my knees, just reverent of his provision, his sovereignty, and the simplicity of who God is. I have gone through a season of asking myself, who, who is Jesus? Like not in a questioning or doubtful way, but in a, I just want to know who he is. I want to know more about him. Like I said, I'm just hungry to know God. I want to know who he is. And just like you, I'm sure, you know, and there are two extremes today. There's, you know, hyper charismatics, which are more new age than Christian. And then there are the fundamentalists, you know, legalism and on my own journey with Jesus, I have been all over scripture, reading straight through going on rabbit trail studies. I just want to know him. And I, again, I asked myself, why me? You know, I asked my question, myself that question a lot, and I don't know what I would call myself, but I just know I love Jesus. So let's get into more scripture. John 1, 12 to 13, it says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but God. So today you may hear people claim that Jesus is this or that. Um, if you haven't, I'm glad that you haven't heard that, but it is a thing. But I was watching a video of someone who claimed that Jesus made her a feminist. And she went on and on that Jesus came to solve worldly issues only. It's not exactly what she said, but she was, everything she was talking about was worldly issues, which sure, God can intervene on things for his glory, you know, but it was not good what she was saying. And I don't really want to go into it because it was just insane. And I don't want to waste any more of your time, <laughs> but sure. Jesus can solve any problem we face today. If it's within his will, however, salvation is spiritual, spiritual. It is eternal. And I want to emphasize that it's spiritual and eternal. Like when we look at the world we are living in the flesh, we see what's in front of our faces and want all our problems to be solved. And some teachers teach that like, once you know, Jesus, everything goes away. There's no hardships, no pain. And it's like, yeah, eternally, like in, in, in eternity, but we're going to face problems and things. You know, we don't want sickness. We don't want pain. We want success and wealth. We want a revolution. We want people to rise up or whatever air quotes. And God has that power to make those things happen, but Jesus came to save our souls from eternity and hell. Salvation is about being forgiven for our sin and reconciling with God. And God sees us as righteous because of Christ's blood. It has nothing to do with our own agenda. Whatever political party or culture structure we have concocted in our brains, Jesus surpasses all of those earthly things. 
we become children of God. And what I don't understand is why that is not huge to people. Again, I think that we need to really refocus. Like, what is, why are we here? Why did God save us? It's not for any of that worldly stuff. Like, yes, God can change cultures. He can, he can do anything he wants and he has his will. And if it's in his will, he can do, you know, he'll do it. But I think that we need to stop focusing so much on politics, which I am super guilty of and just focus on eternity, man. Acts 13, 38 to 39. Let it be known to you, therefore, therefore, brothers, that through this man, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Before Christ, you know, man was under the law of Moses. If you have to read through the Old Testament, like if you have read through the Old Testament, you know that Israel was constantly on the struggle bus with following God's law. I always think about what it must have been like without the Holy Spirit indwelled inside us. You know, the prophets, they had the prophets. Yes. But as, you know, as people are sinful, you know, we're sinful (laughs) and we can't escape it. We still sin. We still fall away. And today more than ever, you know, so my heart breaks for the lost people. I, you know, I know who do not know the Lord, the deception and spiritual emptiness you know, there are probably loved ones you can think of too. And we must be sharing the gospel in word and in action, not in a works type way, but walking out the gospel in faith, standing out as believers. I know I fail at this so many times, but at least I know when I am and I can ask for forgiveness if needed and practice some more, because, you know, if you ask for opportunities, you're going to get them every single time. (laughs) And we learn that, you know, so I picture myself and please don't take this the wrong way, but I picture myself smiling with an ice cream cone, walking down the sidewalk with the world in a panic in the background and not like people like it's, Oh, good. I mean, of course, if it was a tragedy, I would be helping people. But in my mind, I'm talking about like inside, I would be walking down the sidewalk, eating my ice cream cone with the chaos behind me in my mind. And I'm talking about, I want to be like that on the inside, that calm, like God's got it, you know, caring for others in a calm way, sharing the love of Jesus and not panicking like everyone else. And how often do we see that today? The sheer panic from even believers, God is sovereign y'all. Everyone needs to calm down. God is sovereign and he has his will. And it's not like God is unaware of what is going on in the world. So (laughs) calm down again absent of the gospel, we would be under the wrath of God. So even especially today, looking at the world around you, like what I've been realizing is that looking at the world around me and seeing the state of the world, how I am so thankful for my salvation in Christ that I know, and I know whatever happens, I'm good. I go to heaven. I am with, I will be with Christ eternally. I am, I'm good spiritually, eternally. I am set share the gospel because it's a super sad thought. If you've read the Old Testament, God's wrath is not something you want to be sinning under. I mean, it's, I would not want to sit under God's wrath ever. And all I can say is that it's bad. (laughs) It's really bad. And to me, that is a lot more of a big deal than the politics or what man can do to me. So what could God do to those people under his wrath? I mean, he is God of creation in the universe. 
mere man cannot touch God, you know? So it's just a super sad thought. And I also wanted to talk just to segue in after we just talked about that, which goes along with salvation, because in the state of the world today, in the culture and the chaos and the emptiness and the deceptions, not even in the church, but just people who don't believe who are just completely full out denying God. I want to talk about the love of God. And since the perspective on how God loves us matters and how we view salvation, there are those who would like to say that God loves everyone and we all go to heaven, which is universalism, which is huge in the culture today. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people who believe that everybody goes to heaven. They believe in a higher being. It's like, well, I believe in a God. I I don't believe that there's nothing out there. But I don't know exactly what I believe. You know, they think they're good people. If you watch Ray Comfort, it's such a good, it's so good. I've talked to people like Ray Comfort's talked to, and I believe in something higher, but we're all good and we'll all go to heaven. Everyone will end up in heaven because I'm a good person and, you know, but they're still under God's wrath. They're missing salvation. The blood of Christ does not cover them. And these are people I love. So yeah. And then there are those that project Jesus to be a sloppy, teary-eyed mess who just needs us to love him. And that's also wrong. (laughs) It's like, wow, you're, you regard Christ as some sloppy, teary-eyed, like hippie or something. I don't know. So there's just so many different angles. And before I share some scripture, you know, the love of God, I do not believe we can fully understand because of our sin. Like, I think that we know how to love people, but we make bad choices. Sometimes we never like, sometimes we can possibly love people properly and we can, we can strive for that. And I think that our sinful nature makes us make the opposite choice most of the time. And, you know, I sometimes find myself asking questions about God's love. Like, why does God love me? I am insignificant and sinful and imperfect. And there is nothing special about me and so on and so forth. But that is literally the awesome and holy and perfect aspect of God's love. He loved us. Therefore he sent his son Romans five, eight, and we're called to love one another as God loves us. And this is again, how do we love people properly in the culture climate of today? When everyone is in a panic pointing fingers, you're not loving this group properly. I mean, does that sound familiar? you know, the whole masking issue, vaccination, like at least in America and within the military right now, setting aside our political views or whatever we may think is the right or wrong choice. And how can we love people properly by still speaking truth to them, whatever that may be, but not making it about things that are not eternal. (laughs) And it's just really hard. It's such a hard topic because it's so heated. First John four, 9 through 12 says, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. I think I said that word right. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. So we haven't seen God, but fruit of salvation is loving others and caring about others' well-being over ourselves. And, you know, I don't know, 
if you have noticed, but mainstream Christians tend to use loving others out of the context of God's word. So we all have different convictions, like I was saying, on how to love people properly and to love one another biblically. And it's absolutely heartbreaking to see the state of Christianity, at least the, you know, mainstream air quotes, pushing on biblical agendas of love on other Christians. So we're all guilty of loving people in the flesh, meaning not really loving each other at all. Like it's not loving, you know, you can't say one thing is loving, but you're being unloving to others through your, I don't know. I hope that makes sense, but absent of the Holy spirit, you know, we can't love properly. Love comes from God because God is love. So we cannot understand or love properly without knowing God. So to care about the well-being of others absent of our own political agendas or personal agendas, whatever those may be. So the culture today is very heated on certain things and a culture that promotes self over others, you know? So we need to break that paradigm of I'm trying to be enlightened and find myself and who I am because we find our identity in Christ. So we must do the opposite of the culture, especially right now. So maybe that means not saying something... (laughs) which ouch for me, you know, we know that we shouldn't, um, that could take the focus off of Christ and put us back on us, which means we take the focus off of eternity and turn it around on. I want to be right on something that has nothing to do with salvation. And it's okay to have different beliefs. I'm not saying that we can't all believe differently. We still need to speak truth on issues in love, but if you're speaking to an unbeliever and all you're doing is bashing them over the head, that you disagree with them about something that has nothing to do. Like, it's not to me, that's just not loving people properly. It's like, I need to avoid those conversations. So if someone is upset with me, I don't want them mad at me personally, which goes back to that. Like I want them offended by God's word. If that makes sense. I hope that you understand what I mean by that because correction or all of us, Oh, correction for all of us comes from the word of God. And that means I don't want someone to be mad at me personally. I want to speak loving to people. I don't want to be at fault for somebody getting offended of what God says, because I don't shelter my Christianity from anybody. I will talk to Jesus about like with anybody. So if somebody is asking me for advice, even my unbelieving friends, I always refer them back to Jesus and it probably annoys them, but if they're having a problem, um, I'm always referring them back to that because I'm not going to be ashamed or shelter them from God. Like that is not what I'm going to do. So I struggle with this as I'm sure you do as well, especially in the climate that we're in, but I also don't think that we should ignore things altogether either. I don't think that we should be like, I, w- I don't want to know anything that's going on. I think it should be a healthy in between what's going on, adjust, go to God's word, share the gospel. Cause right now guys, it's so urgent that people know Christ. I can't imagine <laughs> these last two years without God. I, I would be a crazy person. So we can think we are loving one group of people, but in the process being unloving to another group of people. So God shows no partiality. He is just perfect, holy, and he is truth and he is love. You know, the culture's agendas do not surpass eternity. They are temporary. So as we consider and speak about salvation, we must understand what God means about loving one another. And that this love God has for us is eternal. 
So we also must be thinking eternally and not temporarily. Second Timothy one seven says, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So let's practice some self-control and to not fear and to love other people. And that is one thing that, I mean, it is just one thing that is so simple, but so hard to do sometimes. I mean, just in my own walk, very outspoken and for me to shut my mouth is really hard. So, (laughs) you know, to not have the spirit of fear and power and love and self-control and have self-control to love other people and have self-control over my own tongue. And if that's you, I feel you, I'm totally been there. And it's just to have self-control and how we speak to people, how we love people. We need to be, what would God, you know, what does God say about that in his word? And I'm going to leave you with this Ephesians two, four through 10. It's kind of lengthy, but I was reading it and I was going to do a verse and I'm like, nope, it has to be the whole passage because then it doesn't make sense. When you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Jesus loves you. He died for you to save you from your sin and to reconcile you with God. He died on the cross and rose again on the third day and ascended into heaven. His last words were, it is finished. And I just keep thinking, wow, what love. If Jesus wanted to, he could have gotten off that cross, but he didn't. He stayed there suffering and pain for you. He knew us before we were born. He loves us. The perfect sacrifice to satisfy the wrath of God. He knew the will of the father and was perfect. It was perfect without sin, both man and both God, both man and God. All creation was made through him. How amazing is that? It is the simple gospel to believe in your heart and speak with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. He is the King of Kings. And as we go into Christmas thinking on these things, remember that he died to save you. Any sin you have committed, all the secret sins, nothing is secret to God. To be pardoned with, to be pardoned when you reach the judgment seat of Christ, to know that God will see the righteousness of his son, just wow. Know that if you believe you are saved. And we need to start living it and realize that our home is not here. It is eternally with our Father in heaven. I love y'all.